This is Rugga Matrix America. Hey, welcome to the show, everybody. It's been a long time. All on my fault, really. It's, it's, it's on me that we haven't done a show uh, of late. And this is Alex Goff from Goff Rugby Report, uh, bringing you Rugga Matrix America, brought to you by Eagle Impact Rugby Academy. And it's just me and Bruce this time, Bruce McLean, uh, head coach of Iona College. And, I, you know, Bruce, we haven't done a show since you and I actually were talking face-to-face at the uh, the bowl series, I mean, how sad is that? We could have done a show at the bowl series if it wasn't freezing. Um, but I I really enjoyed going to Iona College and and seeing the campus and um, talking to the people there. It was it was great. I had a good time. Yeah, the campus is about as big as your house. <laughs> uh, I still I still got lost on it though. So yeah. Yeah, well, that was probably on the way to the bathroom and. And and we were roommates too, and, and we had breakfast every morning with John Broker and 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 Ryan Trost. So yeah, it was a, it was a good time, and it's been a long time for, since we had a show, and we definitely need to have one now. And unfortunately, uh, Patrick is, you know, he's doing karaoke right now. That I, mean, we, I think we're just going to have to to tell the the populace the truth. He's doing what karaoke. kind of music is it that you all? play here i i do yeah, i do believe it, it is that's right and western <laughs> country and western I, I think i think that is for sure uh the deal that's the story um uh which which i suppose then bruce you're happy not to be part of it and i enjoyed being your roommate it was actually interesting because um you fall asleep really fast i just thought oh, that I, was I, I just thought that was very interesting that we'd be like I, talking and then suddenly you're asleep. That was my roommate in college used to be like, he'd be having conversations and I would be, <laughs> I mean, I could fall asleep in no time. I am, I am an expert. That is a skill. It's an important skill. It's like, uh, you know, being able to fall asleep, it, be able to sleep on an airplane, I think is important. Um, you know, I try to, even though I've never, I was never in the military, I try to follow the military adage that you sleep when you can, uh, uh, especially traveling is very important. So, um, you know, I, I was impressed with your, uh, the, the speed with which you could get to full, as, full asleep. It was, uh, it was memorable. No question about it. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Memorable. Uh, I'm good at one thing. <laughs> <laughs> We had, well, what happened? You know, while we were at the Bowl Series, um, uh, which was uh, six college games uh, at Iona College, really fun games. Uh, enjoyed that. Um, and uh, while we were at that, the the USA national team was finishing up their three game November run. Uh, two test matches and one non test. Thankfully, I guess, which was the Maori game. Um, and you know, I'd, I'd I'd like to talk a little bit about what what we've got there. Um, we don't have to rehash the games, you know, play by play. But but overall, Bruce, I mean, I I kind of looked at the the Maori game as a game that um, yeah, they got blown out. There were a couple of moments, the things that were that could be uh, built on, but it was also their first assembly. The next game against Romania was horrible. Uh, and then out of nowhere, they pull out a game where really they actually, um, I don't know if they deserve to win, but they really could have won. They put themselves in a position to win against Tonga, which was surprising to me considering how they had looked against Romania. And I don't know if you saw the same thing. Well, against the Maori, it, they had a lot of time to prepare and... The fact that their attack was anemic, I don't know what the hell Friday was thinking, and their defense off of simple first phase was, it, it almost looked as if they were unprepared. And I think they might have had their phase defenses right or whatever, but what they did in first phase in defense was a complete lack of preparation and, and you gotta that's gotta get laid on the coaching staff pretty strongly 
and the attacking structure <laughs> it's, it's not even worth discussing I, I you know i mean i know mike friday thinks sevens and 15s are interchangeable they're not he's wrong and that's it and i don't even know why the hell he's still employed by usa rugby but he is and you know when patch Wright in his article that he wrote that subsequently agreed with what I said in our show prior to the Olympics. Uh-huh. He causing himself distractions. And finally, Pat came around to the sensible way of thinking, meaning he agreed with me. And, <laughs> uh, so that's, that's true. And, 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 and we have, you know, I don't, I don't think Green's good enough as a defense coach. And I don't think that, uh, or he's got a long way to go. And, He's got to remember what he used to do when, as a as a forward in in the fifteens game, and I and I think that uh, and I think that Friday should stick to coaching seven somewhere other than the United States, and and I think that uh, those those are, are real problems in how things went, and then Romania was no different, and we went down fifteen nothing before we knew it. And couldn't get ourselves back into it. And uh, I think that, you know, Mitchell really has to get to America. He can't live in South Africa. And I think Magleby has to take control of this. And, you know, everybody's just, it's been a year now. Yeah. So it's been a year. The World Cup's been over a year. And they've all been in this can't say that they're not in this. And I'm not going to sit and blame the players. They he didn't have McGinty, but he was hurt. And McGinty, they put Holder under an enormous amount of pressure, making him do the kicking, play fullback. Do, like, it was like he was playing all over the place. And it was basically Rob Holder against the Maori All Blacks in the kicking battle. And um, Rob Holder. Will, uh, Will, yeah, Will Holder. Will Holder yeah. against the Maori All Blacks in a kicking battle. And he was, you know, outgunned 7 to 1. Yeah. And. Well, be, be, before we go uh, too much into the, the individuals, um, you know, I, 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 I got to agree with you on, on, you know, the way things looked. I thought that there were uh, a, a few little things to say, okay, well, if they continue to do this better, they'll be fine. But they, they looked. Uh, they looked in big trouble in the scrum. They looked in big trouble uh, on defense. You know, definitely their lineout wasn't functioning right. You know, uh, you know they, they they weren't getting that right. You can't. You don't win the ball. You can't do anything with it. Um, but when they had the ball, you know, there there, were, there was there were at least two sequences when they had multi-phase possession. You know, we're talking like five, six, seven phases, and they went backwards like 20 meters. Well, They couldn't, they couldn't go through. Are you talking about the Maori all back? Yeah. The Maori game, they, the Maori played a, a very good, they, they played a very aggressive defense and really just tried to put the United States skills under pressure, which worked pretty well. And, 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 and early doors, the U.S. got a couple of breaks and, you know, we had non-15s wingers, and they didn't know how to finish in, in close quarters. And and I, what Clever was thinking, eating that ball and getting turned over or penalized or whatever happened in that corner, I mean, that, that was that was, a, that, was that was not excusable. That was not excusable for a 13-year test forward. No. I mean, Period. That's completely horrendous. What he did. I mean, he he should own up to that kind of thing, but there's is it it's it wasn't even a two on one. I mean, it was it. Was, I guess it was a two on one. Um, it but, was a two. But one. but the one was on his inside shoulder. So he if if he runs if he runs straight, he's got a shot at scoring. What he of course should have done was should have passed it. Instead, he dummies a pass and then cuts back inside to go into two people. And, yeah, loses, I, I, and loses the ball. Hey, I don't. I don't know what exactly he was thinking. Maybe I mean, he's. he's thinking, I mean, it, at this point, it feels like he's thinking, "I want to score a try." And and 
a lot of times that's what great players think and that they can do everything and, and that, you know, and, and every once in a while great players get old and they realize they can't do everything. And, and that was, who, that was very, do you, do you very, remember, very poor play. Do you remember who was on the outside of him? Danny Barrett. It was Barrett. Okay. Yeah. Um, not, not somebody who yeah, can't score. Right. No, not somebody who can't score. Not somebody he doesn't know. Not. I mean, it's bad enough if they look in it. Oh, you're a new player. I don't. I don't know you, so I'm not going to pass to you. I, I don't know that. But I think they have to. I think they have to trust all that stuff. And and I think that you know when when they went to Romania and granted it's it's always difficult to play on the road. So you, but they went down badly to a team that we've beaten quite a few times in a row with you know, really half sides and, and, uh, and that's something that wasn't a particularly great loss. And I think that, you know, it was a, it was, it was a disgrace. And then I think that guys on the tour didn't dislike the tour. They didn't dislike things that went down or it's just that I thought from an outsider's perspective, that they were ill-prepared. They were ill-prepared to do what they were supposed to do. I mean... You know, you know that's, that's great if they have a good time. But I, you know, I've been reporting on this team for a long time, and I've, I used to get these reports about uh, teams back in, uh, in, the, in the zeros, in the aughts, and people would say, well, you know, they're, they're, they're bored or they're not having a good time or they, they're, they're not going out. And uh, it's like, well, fine, but, you know, look at the record. They're winning rugby games. I don't, I don't, think, that, I don't think they went out. I think that no. they had a good no. time. I, think right. that I, I, I know, but, but, you know, I just, I, 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 you know, that's great. But, um, you know, may, maybe, maybe coach be less your friend and, more well, I, don't, job? I, don't, I don't know. I, no, no, sorry, sorry. Okay. I wasn't saying that they had a good time and that the coaches were their friends and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Right. Um, I was saying that they had a good time and that the vibe on the team was good and that there was camaraderie within the team. So there are certain things that are being done correctly. The the things that are being done incorrectly are, are rugby and execution. So those things gotcha. can come around and, and maybe there's things but there's there's other parts of building a strong team with camaraderie and caring for each other and enjoying the presence of each other and and respecting each other and those kind of things and i and from what i've heard those things are relatively strong that the actual culture around the team is strong but the the organization is dreadful. The uh, uh-huh. you know, the planning is dreadful, and 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 this is my own assessment is that the the preparation either either ill prepared or they're poorly selected because if, if if they're not able to cover simple plays off of a mall. That's how the Maori scored with three tries doing that. Yep. Just, and, just I mean, it's, it's peeling off the back of a mall. And they had, I think they had Scully in the, in the trams of the line out when they chipped over the top and scored. And it, I, I'm not saying there's nothing right or wrong, but you have to understand what are your weaknesses when you put in a system or a structure what are the weaknesses and how are you going to cover it provided that they figure it out? And if that hasn't been discussed, especially with players who should know better, then, well, you, you know, that's what, 26, 28 points that were given up on nothing. And we had our opportunities to score, and all of a sudden the game just got away from us. And it was just, you know, it was, it was a... Uh, it became a track meet after a while, and, and and for what it's worth, I didn't think the Maori played that well. That and that was the worst part of it. Yeah. And then coming off when you're like, oh, this is the second, you know, this could possibly be the second best team in the world, and then the same team goes and gets wiped by Munster. 
Yeah. It's not the second best team in the world. It's a laughable statement. Yeah. And it, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a, you know, a well, show. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, he said it was the, the best non-test team in the world, which uh, was. That was what Mitchell Proved, yeah, that was, was the second best team in the world. Uh, I and, see. Yeah. And, and but either one, I only saw the TV interview. I didn't listen to Mitchell's interview. Um, or if it if it was, on, and I didn't see his anyway. But whatever it is, it, it's 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 not the best non-test team in the world. It was Munster beat yeah. uh, a week later. <laughs> so <laughs> that 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 was and and beat them nicely. And so it's that kind the, of thing is there. They're a showcase team, yeah, a, a, a good one, a, a definitely a very good team. But it's it seems it seems to me like um, Colin Cooper and uh, and the New Zealand Union is trying to take it a little bit more seriously on the the Maori team. It's it's not like it was a it's a lark team, but what they want they're looking at it as a high performance pathway. That there were some uh, there were some all black guys who were in for the all blacks game against Ireland, who who were there made available to the Maori team, um, which is which I think is good. I think it's good for the game. I think it's good for uh, the Maori culture in in New Zealand. All of that's great, but that doesn't. You have that attitude. The attitude is good, but, well, but, I'm, but that I'm, doesn't I'm, that doesn't make it a high performance unit yet. I'm pretty good friends with Colin Cooper. Mm. Colin Cooper stayed at my house for two weeks, and I stayed at his house in New Zealand for two weeks. So, like, we're pretty friendly. And it, what they do with the Maori is that it's a cultural experience for the guys. So they take the Maori culture extremely seriously, and they talk about their tribe, and they so it, it's a, a lot of it has to do with a cultural thing, and the rugby is a big part of it, but it's more of a cultural thing to get the pride of the mouth, and, and they would call it the moldy moldies, yeah. Yeah. the moldy yeah. culture, and and that's what they do, and it, and it is a pathway to the All Blacks, but it's not necessarily a great pathway. A lot of the guys are. Most of the guys are NPC players. Some of them are, uh, don't play super rugby, and if they do, they're on the fringes. There was, uh, I think, Piranaro was on the team. Um, TJ Piranaro, yeah. yeah, he was. And a couple of other players were on the team that were looking to get into the to the main All Black side, and subsequently did. But they they are primarily a team of just representing the pride of New Zealand and the Maori culture of New Zealand. And that's, and they, that's why they try to play the game in the way that they do. They don't, they play to win, but they play a game that is exciting and expansive. And it's, I, you would almost have to say it's like different, they play like the barbarians. Yeah, I think so. And, and your point that you saying is it's a showcase team. That's basically the same. That's that's what it is. Uh, um, a really good one. Um, uh, one that takes it seriously and isn't just um, you know we show up on the weekend and that's it. You know, but yeah, I no, I agree. I agree on that. Um, you know, and and the thing is, you go from there and they they go all the way out to Romania. And um, you know that one, I had I had some issues with that game. Simply that uh, y you know I they had a couple of calls that that didn't go their way, and you know I guess that always happens. But their the USA scrum was horrendous, and they couldn't hold on to the ball. And it, I mean, it just seems to me a, a really simple issue here is that if you the the attack and and Bruce you're going to get into much more detail than me that that that's fine but the attack is partly centered on a flat pass to an on rushing forward well if that happens you got to make sure you catch that ball because you're being hit 
just as you catch it or right after. And repeatedly, they would lose that ball. Well, so either either change it or let's go back to the drawing board. Let's, let's learn how to catch the ball. Well, there's, there's two different types of players. There's the player who likes to catch the ball. There's the player who runs to space and catches the ball flat and gets himself into space. And there's the player who needs to take the ball more deep and find his own space. Right. So, and, and those are two different types of players. And, and there's very few um, playmakers who are really good at hitting that flat ball and putting the guy into space because they're afraid to make the pass. There's very few guys who are really good about running into a gap and catching a ball and getting through it at full tilt at the same time. And then there's guys who take it deep and what they get away with in club rugby, they don't get away with in international rugby, so they tend to get caught. So when it really comes down to it, that's not the fault of the coaches. The, so right. the, the, the fault of the coach, because you can't fix that in – however many sessions and I think they had like eight or nine practice days or, you know, whatever it was, they had more than two or three. And, but even so you can't fix that in that time period. So all of international rugby comes down to selection. And if you want to develop players or develop things, you're, once you select them, you have to know what are their strengths and weaknesses right away. And you have to paint the picture for what's going to work to get those guys to believe it and have them buy into it. It's got to be simple. They got to have clarity because without clarity, you can't go quickly. And then the guys buy into it and they practice it and they get in and they start, you may make a couple tweaks here and there, but then it's just a matter of getting the guys to buy into what you're doing, understand what you're doing, believe that everybody's going to fulfill their role. And then it's game on. What, if you go in and you think, we're going to fix their skills, you're not. Yeah. And if you do that, you're wrong. And then, so that has to happen. I mean, I've said it for years, and Scott Lawrence said it pretty well. You know, we have these guys four weeks a year. What are they doing in the other 48? Those other 48 weeks are critical. And, and with Mitchell being in South Africa, that's a problem. Because he should be here, and, and and he is pretty good about being on the phone and talking to guys. So his communication has been better than 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 what's happened in the past for years in terms of that. But he's still not a boot on the ground here, working on that. And you know, like I said, I don't I don't necessarily think Friday is good enough to coach international 15s nor do I think he's good enough to coach international sevens at least for us and uh but and I, I think that you know Greening was given a job as as our defense coach and that has proven to be not a particularly good choice and I and I think that Magleby's going to have to do something about this um, quickly. They're kind of locked in. I think they're locked in to some of well, these guys. Well, there's no such thing as being locked in. Yeah, you may have to buy them out, but you, you know, so Payne, you know, they, they you know, Payne and Magdalene, they, they have to, they are going to have to deal with this because it's been a year and it's been a problem, and they were part of it. Yep. And now they have to, now they have to deal with the fact that, okay, is is our vision right? And we're broke, so, yep. <laughs> and that's a. And so there's a lot of issues to go with it. But the fact of the matter is we, we lost to Brazil. <laughs> we can't forget that we lost to Brazil. And then we've underperformed. You know, Brazil, Uruguay, and uh, Romania on the road, it speaks to something. And I don't know what it – I mean, whether it's just a lack of understanding um, – 
playing test matches is really hard. It's tough. It's just, it's just a grind. Playing test matches on the road, doubly so. Playing against teams that, that will grind you, either either with the forwards or with your kicking or both, you know, the teams that will slow it down and just make it a complete grind, that, that's even worse. And that's what they're doing is they're, they're unable to have an answer, really, for those kinds of teams. It's happened well, three times now. Oh, we, we're playing down to the level. But there's, there's, there's. Well, is that, is that on-field leadership as well? Is that, is that mm-hmm. unity? Is it because it's, it's a different group of guys every single time? Well, the, I mean, Cutter's been the captain of the USA, you know, outside of a six-month period, pretty much for, for since mm-hmm. two thousand and eight. Yeah. So, um, and are we happy with that? They obviously are, and you know. And I'm, but I think there's managerial issues. I think that there's there's issues in the way teams run. Sure. I, sure yeah. And I think, and and there's issues in the way that the structure of rugby is run. Like, you know, I wouldn't let him not live here. The head coach has to live here. I wouldn't have the sevens coach coaching fifteens. I would I would say, dude, find a freaking attack coach or do it yourself. I don't care how the hell you do it. He ain't doing it, and your other coach ain't doing it either. And after the results, they're all not doing it. Yeah. What about the and, scrum? I know you, you you've been waiting for years for me to actually say this, but what about the scrum? Is it demonstrably worse than it has been? It looks like it is, well, or is it just? No, they, they, I mean, just because you know they they struggled sometimes there. There were actually times, times that the scrums were very effective and, and, and they were and they were solid. I mean, there's universal principles to the ability of being able to scrummage. There are so and and they know those principles. And the fact is, and unless you do something like Mike Chrome does or or and his son I forgot his, his son's name, but uh, who coaches the Hurricanes? They, those guys, go around the country and they train coaches to train props and second rows and scrummagers and things, and they take it seriously. And they have a culture of scrummaging, something that really has been non-existent in this country since Leclerc coached. Everybody That's has true. the technical ability to coach, and we've had it for for years but they until you go around the country or and have constant conversations with guys and talk about all the things that they need to be doing to become good at it if you think you're going to make a scrum in a camp with a bunch of guys who are never under pressure who don't practice the scrummaging who don't have feedback as to what they're doing good or poorly or anything like that, then you have zero chance of becoming better. And that's, did you, did you like the, you know, when we had like, uh, Luke gross and bill Leclerc would go around. I mean, this is, this is not to like on a high performance level, but it's like on a, just anybody level, they would go around and they would do these clinics and, um, you know, would would we look at that as uh, a useful, uh, beneficial use of USA Rugby's time and, and resources? Look, USA Rugby is trying to make money doing level one. I don't even know if they make money, but doing like level one, level two, and three, level three, level 97. They're all poor clinics that make no sense and don't make you better. What should be being done is things like that where you can gain useful information from people who are prepared to and and I'm not saying it has to be Bill LeClaire or, or, or Luke Gross or wh- whoever it is but have something that's not some cookie cutter nonsense that you're saying you know this is the way you coach or, or, you there's so much information on YouTube. There's so much information on the rugby site. 
There's so much information on rugbycoachingdrills.com. There's so much information out there. It's almost it's almost it's an information overload, and you don't know what's good information and bad information. And you can show people, hey, these are this is the way we're gonna do it. And to try to act like you're gonna do something differently. If you're going to do it the New Zealand way with Mike Crone, or you're going to use Graham Roundtree's methods, and I know he's not coaching England's forwards anymore, but if you're going to use Graham Roundtree's England method, yeah. and well, he's... What about Richard he, Roundtree's methods? No, who's Richard Roundtree? Shaft? Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, so, that's, that's, a, that's a great... But but there's ways to do teaching the scrum, teaching the line-out, teaching the mall, teaching the defensive structure, and teaching a tackling, a tackling technique. And, and, and there's several of them, but like just to, to learn those basic skills, getting in behind, getting your shoulders and hips in behind defenders and having a good ball placement, the initial clear-out, and... You know, we tend that, so we tend to have sometimes our ball placement is poor, but even when it's good, sometimes our, our clear out will get over and we'll leave room, we'll expose our chest. Once you expose your chest, you're exposing yourself to a counter ruck. And the, it's those little small things that all those little you know, they call the little things, they all add up. And if those things get fixed, getting ourselves into shape and, and just having people go around or just having a way of saying, hey, these are some of the shapes we play. Whether you play, you know, a diamond shape, which is uh, which is basically a fly half to um, there's a crash ball runner, there's an outback right. runner, and play wider out the back. And or you play like the All Blacks do a two-four-two system, and or you, or you have something where you have a double up, and or a one under one short, but that also can go out the back. There's just there's all kinds of there's all kinds of shapes that you can get into playing off a nine, playing off a ten. They're all pretty similar, and even playing off a twelve if you're very good, and. And then reading defenses and understanding, hey, they're in a drift defense, or they're in a, in a, in a rush defense, or they're in a, in a, in a, in a man on defense. And, and and more teams don't play drift defense now because the, because the dummy runners essentially block in, and so they they would not play that way. They would more play a square up. And but teaching guys all those things, I think that's more important than worrying about all the things that we do, like this is the way you run the ball, catch yeah. the ball, pass the ball. And and while those are those are important, those are not things that people want to spend hundreds of dollars on, especially when they've been players for a long time or they've been coaching for a bit and they're going to these clinics basically because they need to be certified. There's a difference between certification and education right well and, I, no, no i i agree and you know they, we had this stuff where we had uh leclerc and gross coming out and doing some clinics i don't i i went to one and i don't believe anyone paid for it i, I you know it was a free uh you know basically for the most part taking mostly new players and and working on what were supposed to be fairly fairly updated uh, techniques in teaching uh, scrum and line out. Uh, I I enjoyed it. I I went as a coach with a bunch of players that I knew, and I thought it was informative um, in terms of just teaching it at a basic level. And then you know maybe other people didn't like it. Maybe it was a dumb idea. I don't know. But they stopped it. Uh, we had we we were doing it, and then we stopped it. And it was individual driven more than anything else. Leclerc and Gross, I, I you know I don't know what the mandate was to do it, but they were doing it, and then they weren't doing it anymore, and they weren't working for USA Rugby anymore. And oh. uh, you know that's that's the sort of thing that happens a lot. 
doesn't it? Well, they 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 actually did it not because USA Rugby told them to, but because they wanted to do it on their own. And and what was more initially Leclerc doing it, right? And, uh, and and he would just go around and do things to help people out. And he would more try to help the elite players, but he would help anybody because all those principles are able to be used with elite players or lower level players. There's this, you know, fine tuning that happens at the elite level that, but if you don't have the basics, right? Like the difference between an elite performer and a non elite performer is basically the elite guy performs the basics well virtually every time. And then they can adapt off of it. The, the non-elite player is looking for shortcuts and, you know, and what's the tricks of the trade? We, the tricks of the trade don't work if you don't know to trade. So Bill went around trying to teach yeah. people to trade, and, and the number one student of his was Chris Ozentowski, and, and, that was, and, and that was his man, and who was a very... He was a, a, a very good rugby player who was an, an ordinary prop that got turned into an excellent prop. Yeah. And it was due to his work, and it's because Bill made him feel special. He made Bill feel special, and those guys, they really worked well together. And then they had a, a few people, and they just became a culture in America of that guys wanted to be really good props. And then that kind of fell off, and they thought, like, oh, you know, we can fix this in camp, and it just didn't ever work that way. You have to spend the time. And then also by coaching a guy like you, then you may have a guy in in Washington say, you know, um, uh, Olive Khalifi. Yeah. Okay, and they may say, you know, when you have time to do three sessions a week, and then Olive can come down and work with you on a scrum or whoever the proverbial you is doing things with either local players or scrum machine work or Swiss ball work or things. And you could do that. You could video and you can discuss it with the guy and then also send that to Bill and then have or, or the scrum coach or whoever it is and then have that discussed and then you can become a better coach. He can become a better player. And the national coach can have a satellite coach going out there and working with his players. So there needs to be communication with local coaches who are willing to work with different players and turn them yeah. into better players. Even goal kickers, line-out throwers, things. Like, oh you know, goal, goal kicking and, and drop kicking and kicking from the hand is a, is another huge one. And it's one that, that I feel like I, you know, when I watch it, I know a lot more about. And, um, you know, uh, I, 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 we're not going to put everything on, on one player. We talk about Will Holder and Will Holder had a terrific kicking game against Italy. Uh, helped put the, the USA team in a position to beat them. Did not have a great game uh, against the Maori, and maybe that's partly because how well Maori chased and stuff like that. But there's also stuff about just feeling comfortable. Um, well, Will doing actually, those skills. Will had a very good kicking game against the Maori early doors. Yeah. What the Maori realized was that Will was the only guy on the team who could kick. Right. And before, and Nate had kicked reasonably well against Italy or done and played reasonably well. But Teo's not really a kicker. Um, Well, it was basically Will Holder and only Will Holder. And once they realized that, it was just pump it down in the opposition half. And it eventually, and they just ran him ragged, which is what they should have done. Just run him, make him run, make him run, make him run. He's playing, he's playing five half, he's playing fullback. He's all, he's all over the place. Stupid. Um, I, I wanted to ask you about a play. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I think I think the Eagles were hard done by uh, against Tonga. A number of plays they had they had a, a, a try call back on an obstruction call that seemed um, picky uh, at best. 
there was a forward pass that that was forward, so uh, which was a shame. But but the thing that got me was the try that Tonga scored off that scrum uh, when the uh, the scrum didn't go anywhere and the ball just sat there in the middle of the tunnel for uh, five or six seconds, and then suddenly the scrum collapsed. And what appeared to me was that the Tongan loosehead prop twisted around as he went down to the ground and used his left arm to knock the, the ball back to the back of the scrum. And from there, Tonga picks up and scores. Um, did you see that? Did you, did you see anything like that? Um, you know, did you see that play? I saw the Tonga scrums. Yeah. But I didn't You didn't you know, I didn't know okay, I, I just thought that was I just thought that was weird and I thought it was like pat- patently obvious. Um you know the the ball's just lying there. Nobody everyone's pushing. <laughs> it was really good. I mean it you know you know it was it was like perfect perfectly solid scrum, but the ball the scrum is not going anywhere and the ball's not going anywhere. And then suddenly it just collapses. There's no call by the ref. He's okay with it. And it's clear that the loose head prop, to me, puts his arm in as he twists around and knocks that that ball back. And and what frustrates me, I guess, is why is it, it seems like teams get away with that against the USA all the time? I, 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 I didn't, like I said, I didn't watch. Yeah. I watched the Tonga scrums, so yeah. I did see the scrums. Okay. But I didn't. I didn't necessarily notice that, but I also didn't look for it either. I, I wasn't. I didn't watch it to analyze it. And I yeah, watched it. I watched it. What? How long has it been? Six weeks since yeah. that. And, uh, well, I, I'll I'll just complain about it then. I mean, I've, well, I'm not well, complaining, but, but, but it, it, those those things happen. Well, that kind of thing where a guy collapses in and slaps a ball that that's an obvious penalty and maybe a yellow card penalty and. It's it's kind of weird. I would. The one thing I don't like is when the ball is sitting in the middle of a scrum for that long, and because it, it it does compromise some of the safety of the scrum. Like somewhere on the line, someone's got to do something, and they almost have to. I think either blow it up and give it to the opposition or they need to just allow, like allow the ball to go in straight but in between the nipples and belly button of the loose head prop. Right. And however however they tend to call when you put it like in between the shoulder lines of the guys where they're engaged, it it's it's really difficult to hook that in a safe manner I, I don't I don't like these scrum laws I, I don't I actually think they should they when they're like oh you didn't you pre-engaged you got there early like who cares let them all set and then get their feet set and they'd still be in a strong pushing position I don't know I don't know what this thing is about that little six inch hit that is makes referees really want to see that. Um, I don't, I, I don't have any idea why that is. Yeah. Like, it's, it was, it was, a, it was a weird play. It's, it's an interesting situation where you have scrums doing almost exactly what you want, which is driving straight and they're equal and they were holding it and the ball wasn't coming out because the, the ball was put in directly in the middle um, I, yeah, no, exactly what he's talking. Oh, exactly. Yeah, and I mean it's a little bit frustrating. And then that's uh, the the scrum. I mean, it's like what the per- what is the purpose of the scrum? Uh, still seems to be uh, in question. Okay, so we're we're looking ahead now. I do think the purpose yeah. of the scrum is to have is to allow fat guys to play rugby. <laughs> well, that's true. That's I true. mean. You know, I, I'm 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 an old guy. I'm I'm still back from the days where, uh, as a hooker, you could actually basically be suspended by the props and just go in there and, and really hook. But um, you know, those days long, long gone. Um, it was fun when they while they lasted. They they didn't really allow you to allow you to do much until the ball was in. No, um, and then 
But if if you, I mean, I was I was a relatively yeah. light hooker. I I used to be able to steal put-ins pretty easily. Um, yeah, um, because you just move quickly. And and if you've got big props, then you um, you know they're holding you up, so you don't have to worry about anything. But then they they kind of they kind of stopped that, and, yeah. uh, and and said it was unsafe or something to be fully suspended by the props. I don't know. Just, you had you always had to foot on the ground, but yeah, you, yeah, just, yeah. You, you, in a pushing position, hey, it's it, it as as players became more specialized and a little bit uh a little bit better at scrummaging and a little bit better at body position and all their vectors and everything and, and I think that those things happened with professionalism that it it became and, and professionalism I meant even in the since the World Cup right. was uh, started in eighty seven it became you really striking against the head was you were better served by putting their eight man backward and right trying to launch it. To don't give, don't strike against the head, miss, and have them get on the front foot and get the eight man over the gain line. Like put them on the back foot, where right at our eight's feet because it was we wouldn't have to be back five yards at that time. He could fly up and defend and catch him behind the game line. So, you know, I I, I understand where they were coming from there. Yeah, right. Um, you know, I'd I'd, I'd like to we're, I'd like to look ahead uh, as we wrap it up. But uh, you know, the ARC we've got uh, we've got five games to play, uh, two at home uh, in Texas with uh, Uruguay and Brazil, and then on the road against uh, Canada. Um, did I, did I say Uruguay? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, on the road against uh, Canada and Chile and uh, Argentina, fifteen. Um, Paul, uh, sorry, John Mitchell um, said after the Maori yeah. game that he was looking at, he was looking seriously at the ARC. What? Wait a second. Stop. Yeah. You were going to say Paul Mitchell. I was going to say Paul Mitchell. How sad is and that? that? And that's a hair product, right? <laughs> Yeah. Because how would I even know that having been bald for a good 20 years? Still a married man. So. And, 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 and Mitchell's bald. So <laughs> I don't think he's worried about hair products unless he's... <laughs> yeah, I tried, to, I tried to cover that up. But no, yeah, I was going to say Paul Mitchell. I don't know why. They don't look at all alike. Um, and I don't think you spend a lot of money on hair products I, either. I, I, hey, <laughs> the Armenian uh, blood that runs in my veins, doesn't, I don't have to worry about hair. I just let it, I just let it flow, baby. Flow, uh, flow free. Um, all right. John Mitchell said that he was looking at November now to be more of a development time and the ARC... Uh, window that's the serious time for the team and and ranking sets all that stuff um i'm i'm not sure I mean, he may want that but i'm not sure he's going to get it because i'm not sure he's going to get anybody available from overseas um and i i'm just i'm i'm feeling a little bit uh apprehensive about this series now having seen what they what they did against especially romania well I'm actually less apprehensive. I don't think there's much to be apprehensive about. Uh, Canada stinks, and they'll beat Canada. And there's no way Brazil's going to beat them in our, in our field. And there's Uruguay is a very difficult place to play, so it it is a hard place to win, and they lost last year. I don't think that we're going to lose to Uruguay at our field. That's a, I I would state that. Yep, I'd go along with that. I'd go along with that. We'll, beat, we'll beat Chile and we'll lose to Argentina, but it's an Argentina fifteen, and Argentina's test team has taken out a lot of the guys who play in France and stuff, and they're using the Super Rugby guys 
Um, so we actually might have, because the Argentina 15 might really be like a third team or fourth team. And we might have the opportunity to beat them. We played them very well last year. We played yep. them very, really tough. tough. We played them really tough. Well, I, okay, so the, uh, I, I don't know about Canada. Canada is, is not strong, but that doesn't mean that they... Uh, Canada's they, a joke and has been a joke for ages. Well, yeah, but they still they still hang tough at home, especially the USA, uh, when the I USA's not playing well. I mean, just... I, I get it. We're going to beat them. Okay. Like, we are going okay. to beat Canada. And, and that's... And, or, we'll, let's put it this way. We shouldn't lose to Canada. We shouldn't have lost to Canada for a few years and you know had lost here and there but i think now what is it five or six in a row that we've won like this is or four in a row whatever it is but this is the time to really just put the nail in that coffin and and just make it that they're never going to be this again just like okay canada you're done and Good night, Irene. So, so what? What is it about Canada? Yeah, I, I, I mean, the the feeling I get is that who are the athletes that are in Canada and their athlete pool is is not really changing all that much. Um, the the country itself is changing. Um, you know, ethnically, it's changing, but they they don't have a lot. Of, they don't have any Polynesian people really, uh, unless they uh, import them. Um, they get a few people from, uh, you know, a few African Canadians, but not many, right? So um, I, I'm thinking it's like they've they've maxed out on the athletic level that they have. Well, I I, I think that Canada's had some tremendously good teams that were completely white. And they, they well, but okay, yeah, but but you see, it's like it was like special moments, and you start picking those players, and the players were great, and uh, and I, I'm just thinking that they don't have the depth of uh, of player or athleticism necessarily. Canada used to have a there was a there was a seven level coaching thing that they had done in the 80s and 90s, more in the late 80s, early 90s, that they had done to help develop coaches and help develop people to play. And and they were, they were pretty much on the cutting edge of a lot of stuff. And then they kind of got mixed up into some, into the crazy IRB stuff. And they're, you know, running all these silly programs that we're running too that really don't have anything to do with be becoming good. Like Bill Belichick doesn't have coaching certifications, um, nor does any coach that's any good. They don't have, they don't run through and get, so I'm going to be certified to coach. Certified to coach what? Go and learn how to deal with people. You, you're 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 not coaching a sport. You're coaching people, and your sport is your vehicle, and that's it. And if you don't love people and love to deal with people, and all you think of is X's and O's and all, like a monkey can coach X's and O's, but it's what they retain that matters. Yeah. It's not what you know that matters. It's what they know that matters. And you could know a lot. Like, there's a million rugby things in my head that I've never been able to impart to any of my teams ever, even with elite national team players from several countries, that they were unable to execute on that in the time period that we had to be able to put those teams together. We needed to put teams together that were going to win. We weren't worried about teaching them everything we knew about rugby. And that's where coaches go wrong, is that at practice, sometimes they try to teach them everything they know about rugby, whereas they only need to teach them what's necessary for them to win. If you want to sit in a 
having coffee and watching games and doing you teach them what you know about rugby. But there's so many ways to skin a cat, and they all work. The French way works. The Australian way works. The South African way, the English way, the Argentinian way, the New Zealand way. They all work. It's just they're different, and there's different points of emphasis. You have to find out what works for you. That's why international coaching is different than coaching at a club level because you have the people all the time. International rugby is about selection and game plan. And that's it. Well, you know, you um, you mentioned uh, USA-Canada, by the way. Uh, four four games in a row, the USA has won. And uh, the last loss, it, the score was 13-11. to 11. Um, and uh, that's that is uh, a, a, I believe that's a record. I don't think they've before they've ever won more than three times in a row. It's definitely a record. Yeah. And and I think that it should be something that would be consistent. I know that that's one of the things that Dan Payne wanted is let's first and foremost be Canada. So I, I you know and now as CEO I think that uh, this is prior when just after he retired from playing um, you know now that he's CEO I would say that that would be a primary objective so I, I don't I don't see there's any way they're going to lose to Brazil there's no way they're going to lose to Uruguay there's no way they're going to lose to Chile and Canada sucks so they're going to be Canada and then really the whole ARC is going to be prefaced on whether or not they beat Argentina so very smartly um, politically smart. Mitchell said, "Base everything on the ARC." There you go. And well, you know, I, I, in, in that sense, in the ARC, you're not playing anybody. Well, that's, you know what? I, I, I think most fans, I think people would like to see them win a trophy. No, I understand and it. I, I think that's, I, that's, that's good. And I, and what, what he's also saying is this: all the battle about uh, getting uh, overseas players available. Um, and and he's partly saying, well, if we if we have to beg, he'd rather beg for the ARC than beg for but, November. But the thing is, well, in that sense, he's wrong because in begging for the ARC, you're begging for great players to beat crappy players, and in November. You're begging for great players to have a challenge. And I would always say, put your best foot forward in your challenge. These, the Brazil is not a challenge, although we lost to them. That was disgraceful selections and disgraceful game planning. So they could fix that. Um, and... So they're going to beat Canada, they're going to beat Chile, they're going to beat Uruguay, and they're going to beat, uh, what else the other team, Brazil. And the whole game is going to come down to Argentina, and whether or not we can beat Argentina's, you know, 3-4 or 4-5 side is just going to be a matter of how well we put things together. But that's going to be pretty late in that tour, so they should be relatively well prepared to handle that challenge and I think that's but to sit there and say we want to get our best players together for games I mean the three of those three of those games are like running on the post. <laughs> All so right. Not- I, 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 that's good. You heard it here first. Uh, ARC potential sweep by the Eagles despite Poor performances in November, Bruce. We're going to have to cut it short because we've we've got more to talk about, and we really will be back with another show. We've got some pro rugby stuff I really want to talk about. Um, we've got some college stuff, uh, some uh, some things to talk about that I think will be interesting, and and I think we'll also be getting a show where we'll we'll let some other people talk as well. Um, I'll go back to my Paul Mitchell hair regimen. And Bruce will go back to um, coaching and editing himself so he makes sure that he doesn't tell everybody all the things he knows because it would just be too much. 
Uh, and Pat will be back next time. And thank you for listening to Rugby Matrix America, brought to you by Eagle Impact Rugby Academy. Yes.